Hello, this is Rita Akuri, and you're listening to Nokia Chronicles with Adrian and Justin and me. <laughs> well, this is fantastic, Adrian. We've got a uh, a certified legend, do you think? Yes, a certified, accredited, um, <laughs> all, all, all the terms you could think of, uh, legend <laughs> on the show this week. Thanks for coming on, Rita. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Well, we'll get stuck straight into it. I'll uh, give you the first one now. Ooh. Yes. So uh, this one you, you're going to have to really think hard on. So how did a pharmacist from Lebanon and a guy from Texas get together and uh, make Simeon Guru together? Oh, <laughs> that's a long story. <laughs> do you have uh, Do you have 10 minutes of your time? <laughs> well, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to beat a record here, Rita, so come on. however long you like (laughs) all right uh so basically i started by myself uh i think it was back in 2007 uh i was still at uh at university i was doing my pharmacy degree second year i think of uh of university and my friend uh buys a new phone it was the nokia 6630 I don't know if you remember that one, but it was uh, like a rectangular from the top and then it was like a ball on, on the bottom. It was a Symbian, uh, uh, like second edition, a 60 Symbian phone. And um, I saw her, she she, she was, uh, we had a report to, to prepare for school and she had that report inside Microsoft Word on her phone and I was blown away. I was always sort of a big nerd, but you know, I hadn't really discovered that you could do so much with your phones. Um, and I decided to start reading about them. Uh, at that time, I think it got to a point where I noticed Nokia announced the Nokia N93. And my mind was blown. It was such a transformer phone. And it had a camera that was so cool. And, you know, the screen flipped. And it was like one of the most interesting designs I had seen but it was extremely expensive. So I decided that I'm not going to buy the Nokia 93 because I couldn't afford it. And uh, I started looking at other uh, phones and they announced the 3250 Express Music. And that phone was so nice. It was like the cheap, or like the cheap man's version of the Nokia N93 because it was also a transformer. And you could have the T9 keyboard on the front. You could turn turn it a little bit and then you would have the phone in camera mode and then you could turn it again and you would have an mp3 player sort of design with uh, with with music controls and i bought that device and i started like tinkering with it at the time i was reading darla's blog Ricky's blog all about symbian and gadget and uh, learning a few things and i was also like discovering things on my own with the with the, with the phone and i was trying to um just like geek out, see what I could do. I would download back at the time uh, Java uh, apps and they had like the .jar extension and I would try to open them up, find the icon file, change it to whatever I want it to be and then save it again and then install it on my phone so that the app would have a nice icon because I didn't like the icon that I saw. So I remember like five or six months after that, I was reading Darla's blog and she had just discovered that you could tap and hold, I think on the menu key. I'm not really sure which one that was, but 
yeah, tap and hold, I think. And you would have a small pop-up with your last few apps and you could change between them. And uh, that was something I had discovered the first day I got my 3250. And this is where I was like, why don't I have my own blog? Like, okay, I respect Dorla, I respect Ricky, I respect them all, but I also have like a few things that I've learned how to do. So maybe I should have my own blog. And I started on a platform I think that doesn't exist anymore. It was called Vox. Uh, I had I started writing a few articles and then commenting on on Darla's and Ricky's sites and just putting links to my own posts and telling them yeah you should check this out this is nice and I wrote it <laughs> but um, yeah I did that I think and then I moved to Blogspot which was Google's platform um, and I did that for a few months and eventually I saw Ricky mention on his site that he was switching from TypePad as his platform to WordPress. And in his, in his announcement post where he said that the site would be down for a couple of hours or days or whatever, he mentioned that I'm moving to WordPress because it might allow me at some point in time to have multiple authors. And I jump on that opportunity. I just send him an email and I tell him, look, Ricky, if you want multiple authors, I'm ready to be there for you. And he says, it's not a paid gig. I tell him, I don't care if it's paid. I'm not getting paid doing my own thing. Um, and two, he had the exposure that, you know, that I didn't, right? I was still getting started. And I was that geeky Lebanese girl pharmacist from Lebanon who was just struggling to get hurt and I didn't have access to anything because one nothing happens in Lebanon in terms of tech like no events happen there <laughs> there were better odds of things happening in the US than in Lebanon um and two he he like it was clear that he was starting to force forge these relationships with other people and I thought that that would give me like a bigger platform to write and to to, to, to learn and to improve. And it was clear that he also knew what he was doing, <laughs> even though he would tell you now that he didn't know what he was doing. But to <laughs> me, <laughs> you know, he was a few steps ahead of me. Uh, and like, I, I just didn't want to keep struggling on my own doing it. And that's how basically, uh, I think a month or two later, he, he emails me. I'm not really sure about the timeline, but he emailed me later, not immediately, and he said, yeah, let's do this thing. Um, and I joined him for three years. I was on Symbian Guru. Uh, ended up writing so many articles. Um, there were days where I would write, days where he would write, days where we would both write. Uh, it wasn't anything hectic like nowadays where you see a site publish 20, 30 articles a day. If we did two or three, that was extremely good at the time and we were doing it out of our free time right after me after school and him after his uh, his other work um and uh he got married while i was still uh, there at symbian guru so he disappeared for about a month he was popping in obviously to check that things were still right but uh i was holding down the fort uh we also had um his nickname was vampire uh he and uh, yeah, some yeah, pseudofin. I remember the names. Uh, I remember the the. the it says not not the names. I'm really sorry. I suck at that. Uh, but yeah, so we we ended up working together for three years, which is still one of the best three years of my life. Obviously, because I was geeking out uh, in my free time, and I was having so much fun at it, and. I ended up getting um, 
in contact with one word. They offered me the Nokia N95, a gigabyte for review. And that was the first device I got for review ever. Uh, like I started with a bang, I think. Um, and I was going to say, I, yeah, that's a good, uh, at good school, way to start. At university. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I mean, like, I, I still didn't understand, like, are you going to ship it to Lebanon? Are you sure about that? Because we don't have addresses. <laughs> so I had to ask my dad for for his official work address. He worked at a bank. So I would give them like, yeah, send it. This is my dad's. I swear to God, he's not going to steal the phone. Send it to my dad and then we'll ship it back through through him and through DHL, so we had some sort of agreement with them. And every 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 couple of months, my dad would come home and he'd be like, "Yeah, I brought you something, <laughs> and it's a new phone to test." And then <laughs> I would keep it for two weeks and send it back because this is how Walmart did things. But at university, I was known as the person who had the latest gadgets all the time. So. All of my friends had phones that had like one megapixel camera or even less. And I was the one with the Nokia N95 and then like all the phones that had such good cameras. So they'd be like, yeah, Rita, take a photo of me. Can I have the phone? No, you cannot have it. I signed an agreement. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there were, they were fun years. No one really understood either in my family or in my, uh, in my friend group or whatever. No one understood what I was doing or why I was getting access to stuff. But they felt that it was something important. So <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. And I got invited to events. This is uh, one word they would send invites to. They, they invited me, I think, to MWC. They invited me to South by Southwest. They invited me to Nokia Word. And these are the big threes that I couldn't attend because they would send the invite one week earlier. And I'd be like, you realize I have to get a visa from Lebanon, right? <laughs> And no country is going to give me a visa in less than a week because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a nice girl, but there are bad, evil people who live in my country as well or nearby. So, uh, you know, countries aren't very keen on giving visas to us very, very quickly. And I missed out on a lot of events. Uh, the first one I was able to attend, I think, was uh, a Carl Zeiss tour in Germany. And that's because I was already in France. And one word invited me and I was like, okay, I'm coming. Like I have, I have the thing that tells me I can move between European countries. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> I ended up meeting, uh, Zona, uh, and Katie from one word and also Miss Jen and, uh, Dan mobile, mobile man that, that so, yeah, uh, <laughs> Daniel Carter. Mobile man you know. Dan. Yep, Dan Carter. Yep. <laughs> yes. Mobile Dan man, mobile man Dan, something like that. That's yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah, da Daniel Carter. And we're still friends. I'm still friends with Daniel. Uh, I met him again when I went to the UK. And we, and also when I went to, eventually I was able to get to Nokia Word that same year because they invited me and I still had that you know, uh, European residency card and I could make it. And that's where I met Ricky for the first time. He was, he was there at that event. There, there was always the joke that I would get, get invited to something. I couldn't go. Ricky would go or, uh, or Ricky would get invited to something. I couldn't uh, go. So, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Eventually we made it to Nokia word together. And that's our only, our only photo together is there actually. <laughs> wow. 
we that's where that's so you only so you only you only met once you've only met once in real life yeah only once only once only at nokia words rafe was rafe was there mark uh, Gim or Grim, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was there. Uh, Dan was there. <laughs> Ewan, Ewan McLeod was there. Not Ewan Spence. There were two Ewans and everyone would be confused between them. Uh, but Ewan McLeod was there. And, um, we met a few Nokia executives there and that was really cool. I, I didn't know what I was doing clearly. Like it was my second event and the first time I was meeting like Nokia executives and. <laughs> I felt like a kid in a candy factory <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> well, that's how we feel when uh, we we have our guests on. Uh, seriously, <laughs> we're, we're like kids in a candy uh, candy store. Yeah, love hearing stories like that. Well, yeah, it's. I mean. It's amazing. I, I wasn't able to attend tons of stuff because, as I said, like every single time they would send an invite, it just wouldn't fit. I would either have some exams or some other responsibilities. Or it, I think I was invited to Nokia Ward in the UK. Uh, everyone, there was that, yeah, I'm trying to remember that. I think it was Nokia Ward 2010, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2010. And every single person I knew was invited. Like, including Michael Hell from Austria, including Clinton Jeff from India, including every single friend that I've all, I had always wanted to meet was invited. And I didn't get my invite. And I was livid for such a long time. I was like, why are they inviting everyone to the UK and not me? And then I get an email two days earlier uh, before the event uh, telling me, uh, yeah, Rita, we need uh, uh, the, the verification for your hotel or something like that. And I'm like... I'm not going because I wasn't invited. And they discovered that the email like didn't reach me or there was some sort of problem with their system. And they were like, can you get a visa in two days? Was, no, no way in hell I can get a visa for the UK. <laughs> Especially it was Ramadan back then and everything in Lebanon was closed. Like even if I wanted to try to get a visa, I couldn't do that. So uh, Michael Hell went there and he had uh, a t-shirt on that says at RT, which is my, my, uh, my handle on Twitter. And he basically took photos with everyone at the event wearing the t-shirt with my name on. And he felt like I was there. And that was the most adorable thing ever. And it, I mean, it was bittersweet, but it was amazing uh, of him. And it was amazing to, 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 to have that kind of thing in the community where someone would wear your name uh, on themselves and just walk around the whole event with your name there. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. That's good. All right, Adrian, over to you, mate. That's a good story too, Rita. Yep. It is. Okay. So you kind of uh, touched on this in your answer to the previous question, but uh, so how exciting did it feel to be a uh, pivotal part of the tech community at the time? Iconic devices such as the uh, N93, N95 were released. It was, uh, I don't know, it was exciting. It was different. It was, it felt like you were at the forefront of things, like you had access to devices before they were released in in Lebanon, for example, in my country. I had access to devices before they were released. It felt like you were part of something that was special and different and something that was, you know, becoming even more important as days passed because 
I don't know if you remember back then, we, we, we all said that word convergence, right? Uh, like we would, right. we would show off what all of the different devices that a phone was starting to replace our, our smartphones, our simian phones were starting to replace. And we would be like, okay, this is a calculator. I no longer read it. This is a radio. Uh, I no longer need it. This is, um, uh, a book. I no longer need it. This is, you know, every single thing that I would carry with me or that I would need in my daily life can be replaced with this small two inch screen, <laughs> um, device. And, and there was the burgeoning of, you know, modern smartphones as we know them right now and modern pocket computers as they are, as we know them right now. And it felt that we were there. And I was able at so many points to, um, to just use my phones in, in ways that everyone around me wasn't capable of. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the camera. I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about like having an application installed on my phone that had uh, five different medical dictionaries and medical books on my phone, right? And I had access to this information in the palm of my hand. Uh, I didn't need an edge connection back then. I didn't need um, the internet. I didn't need anything. I had a whole encyclopedia of medical things installed on my phone and I could access that information in the snap of a finger. I did my training, uh, my, my fifth year training involved uh, going through rounds in a hospital uh, for seven months and passing by different services from oncology to uh, pediatrics to uh, internal disease, uh, internal medicine, sorry. Uh, and, you know, we would have to study cases. And uh, all of my friends were there with their pens, with their uh, notebooks, with their big ass computers, uh, trying to copy all the single, uh, all the notes from, uh, from the patient's files and trying to prepare the case and trying to do research and plugging into the ethernet port of the hospital's library to get access to things. And I was there with my phone. I'd take three photos of the, the case file. I had it with me, right? And then I would open Microsoft Word and I would start preparing my report. And then I would open the medical dictionary on my phone and I had access to everything that I needed, including like pharmacology, all the drugs, all the, all the things. Like I had everything in the palm of my hand. And people would, like doctors, interns, <laughs> residents, they would look at me and be, and be like, what are you doing? What is this thing in your hands that is capable of so many things? No puns intended. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and I guess this is when I realized that these could be incredibly powerful tools and that at some point, yeah, there's the geeky and the nerdy aspect of it, but there's also how, how can you use it in your everyday life? How can you make your regular life and your regular work or whatever you do in your in your life how can you make it better through this phone right it it is it is a geeky thing you can do so many things you can change themes you can install apps you can install twitter you can listen to music you can do whatever you want but how can you use it in your life how can you augment this is something ricky used to say a lot like technology is there to augment and improve our everyday lives so how can you do that what, with that tool in your hand. And this is how I discovered that it could be so much more. And this is why I'm still passionate about it to this day, because I saw it become what it was, right? What, what, is, what it's become. I, I, I saw the evolution. And I was, 
I was aware that this this is going to be something big from the very first days. From the first moment I laid my eyes on my friend's phone and I saw Microsoft Word and her report on it, I was like, okay. She had copied it. Like she didn't prepare it on the phone. She had copied it over and it was Symbian a 62nd edition back then. But that told me that this is where things are going. Like this is something that, that is going to be so big in the future. And I mean, uh, plus at the same time, in terms of community, it was incredible. It was, um, it was nice to be, um, with so many like-minded people, with so many people who, who are passionate about what they were doing and to learn from them. Um, I still look up to, to, to the all about Symbian guys because they were doing incredible work. Uh, Rafe was, and still is, <laughs> I think the smartest person uh, <laughs> that that has ever talked about mobile. He he would blush if he heard that, but uh, I still think he 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 had incredible insight, and he 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 really knew how to get those ideas across in his writing. Uh, Steve and his mobile photogra photography passion, uh, Ewan and every little thing he was doing, uh, like. You, you had, you were part of a community that was so capable and that was uh, like, def not defying, but maybe like forging ahead in a path that was still unknown at the time. Like now we look at people being influencers and writing about stuff or out of tech bloggers or it, it seems normal, but the Symbian community started it all, right? Like at the time there weren't people blogging about Motorola, whatever phones. No, there was a community that was there for Symbian, and that's where everything started in the tech community, usually in general. Like there, that's where um, it wasn't just about journalists. So it was uh, there was a second level of people uh, who were so passionate about what they, what they about this whole thing, and who and who started doing uh, doing this out of passion instead of like being paid by a journal to go attend this event and write about this launch. No, we were geeks and we were writing about it and we were sharing it with other people. I think you've hit the nail on the head too, uh, Rita, when you said no one yeah. was talking about Motorola or uh, it's all, it was Symbian that uh, this all started from. You're right. You're and, and you're putting yourself – and I think uh, – I know Rafe is highly intelligent, but I think uh, you're right up there as well, Rita, being a uh, pharmacist and all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anything else, uh, there, Adrian? Oh, just I'm just blown away by all the answers, mate. Exactly, just yep, so from exactly. a true, uh, true OG. You know, um, it's just awesome to to hear it all, and uh, you know, it just takes us uh, right back to to those days, actually. And um, it, every, every, I don't know, we get this with all our guests, but every time you you mention a device, like your mind just goes back and you just go, whoa, like you know, it just takes you right <laughs> back to those days, and and, and, you, and you bring back memories as well, like uh, you know, you were the one writing about it or or doing videos, and we were, Adrian and I were the ones reading it you know, at the time. Yes. So uh, this is this is this is what I mean by we're, we're the we're the kids in the candy store. We love listening to stories like this. <laughs> Good. We're ha having our heroes yeah, on. Uh, yeah. You're, you're you're also helping us like unearth so many memories right now and just like I'm, right now I'm talking to you smiling ear to ear because this is such a dear time to my heart and uh, it was 
It was incredibly cool. It was challenging. It was such a humongous learning experience, right? And uh, the people that I met there, the the, the community that was forged there, uh, everything that we learned, it wasn't just, a, it was Nokia, but it was everything that I was around it that was so special and so unique. And that you're not gonna be able to find it, it in in this world and age, right? Because, I mean, every any single brand right now is gonna reach to one influencer or two influencers or whatever, 10 influencers. And they're gonna be like, okay, we need money to, to write about what you were doing. But it's so different right now. Back then, it was just done pure, uh, done out of pure passion. And uh, yep. maybe maybe we were, we were silly not to, not to ask for, uh, or not to try to monetize it. Even Symbian Guru, Ricky would tell you, like that site barely broke even at so many points in time. And I worked for three years. I, I think he sent me a couple of small payments, but it wasn't that we were making a fortune out of it or anything. It was just because we wanted to do it, right? And, for me, uh, I'm just going to go back to, to, to something you asked me at the beginning. And you asked, like, how does a pharmacist from Lebanon, whatever. Uh, I think, you know, looking back after a while, um, I realized that I had forged or I had used, um, like, the unique attributes of my personality and my story to forge ahead in, in, in the entire industry. I was a woman, I was from Lebanon, and I was a pharmacist. Like, these are three unique things, right? And um, I never shied away from them. At the contrary, I always put them at the forefront of my coverage, of my writing, of my stories, of everything that I wanted to tell. And it wasn't that I did it on purpose, it was just that who I was. I had to be honest with and tell people what I was or how I was perceiving things, right? As a woman, as a Lebanese person, as a pharmacist, you know, I had to write from that that point of view. And I never shied away from those. And I think that created such a unique profile that if you had read something written by Rita or you realized who Rita was, like I, I, I wasn't a faceless um, um or like a regular white guy from uh, the US or uh, but that's like, I'm not trying to say anything bad about, you know, uh, the people that were in the community back then, but it was, it would, it, it had been such a, such a unique profile that it helped me uh, move ahead. I still have contacts right now from those days where even if I hadn't talked to them for 10 years, if I ping them, they would be, oh yeah, Rita, I remember who you are, right? Uh, and that's, I think, such a huge, um, I'm looking for the word in English because I have it in French in my head. But uh, yeah, th like, like that's... <laughs> Yeah, su such a blessing and such a joker, it, it, like like a joker card in your hand, right? Yes, uh, yeah. If you if you feel that you need a job or if you feel that you need to reach out to someone, you don't have to reintroduce yourself from scratch, right? Because yeah. they're not gonna forget who you are, and it's only like many years later that I realized how big that had been an impact on my career as a whole. Jeez, uh, blow me away. <laughs> she's, me away. she's nailed it on the head there, Justin, mate. Yeah, definitely. And uh, was it hard? Like, there wasn't many uh, women 
in tech back in those days. Like you've mentioned Miss Jen and you had Darla Mack uh, and, and yourself. That was, would you be the only three back then? I think we were. Uh, like I met several, uh, but they were involved with one word. Like they were employed by Thousand Heads. But at the time, mm-hmm. it was just Miss Jen, Darla, and me. I'm sorry if I'm not remembering anyone. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, there was Miriam, Miriam Schwar. But I didn't meet her. Oh, Miriam, Miriam, of course. See- yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't meet her until I went to CES 2015. And, you know, at the time I was still like, I hadn't been to many events and it was all about Android at that time. And, you know, the the Android community was very different because it was all US based. And Miriam was a celebrity in that community. I was coming in as an outsider and we're at CES and I turn around and I see Miriam in front of me and my mind is blown. But at the same time, Miriam stands and she's like, oh, Rita, hi, how are you? I'm like, oh my God, she recognized me. (laughs) And I remember people around her (laughs) looking like, why is Miriam excited to meet that girl? (laughs) That was, that, that was, I think one of my, happiest moments in 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 uh, the tech industry because i was such an outsider in the android world and i had never met anyone there it was my first event cs 2015 even though i'd been i'd been writing about android for five years i hadn't met anyone and you know to have miriam recognize me that that blew my mind (laughs) yeah look we had her on she's one of our early guests and can i say miriam was an absolute superstar and uh so much respect for yep. her yeah yes she knew who definitely. we were as well justin remember what's that she actually what's knew that? who we were as well so she's quite exactly, relatable yeah. she's relatable yeah, she's she just, is. you know she's uh, very, very down to earth. she's she's da- extremely down to earth and like definitely one of the nicest uh, persons i've met in 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 the community and uh like she was a superstar, right? And well, she, she still is. There, are, yeah, she is. She still is, right? <laughs> uh, she she do, she does so much co- consulting. She does a uh, rating. She does every single uh, you know uh, thing. And the, uh, I have so much respect for her work. And she was able to forge a way and a career for herself uh, uh, that that blows my mind. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we we. we Back then, it was her, me, uh, Miss Jen, uh, Dorla. I think, yeah, I-, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone, and I'm sorry about that. All right. We'll forgive you. Um, and yeah. I don't think there many more anyway. But uh, l- let's bring the mood down a little bit, Rita. Okay. All right. So was it a long process to shut down Symbian Guru, and could you see the writing on the wall? Yeah. Uh, sorry about wasn't... that. I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'm still going to be smiling and laughing talking about it because there are so many years now between us and then, uh, between now and then, yeah. Uh, so uh, I remember me and Ricky had talked about it for several months, like probably three to five or six months at that point. And we we didn't have... We didn't feel the joy of doing Symbian Guru anymore, right? We didn't feel that there was excitement in this anymore. And we felt that things were happening in the iOS and Android world that Symbian and Nokia didn't seem to realize or understand. Like they, uh, 
they were trying to uh, so hard to focus on, you know, yeah, our phones have incredible cameras. Yeah, our phones have, uh, I'm talking about Nokia. They were doing like, they were focusing on the camera. They were focusing on GPS, which, you know, back then uh, the first iPhone, I think launched without GPS. They were focusing on so many different things and trying to sell themselves that way. But one, they had no presence in America whatsoever in the US. And uh, two, there was so much developer uh, support for iOS and uh, Android. And both of them had understood that having an app store was crucial to the experience. Nokia tried to have uh, the OV store, but it didn't go anywhere. You didn't have tons of options uh, there. Developers really seemed to be flocking. Every single time a new service would be announced, you had an app for... Um, uh, for uh, for uh, for iOS and an app for Android, but you didn't have anything for Symbian, right? And this is where the writing was clear on the wall for both of us. It was clear that Nokia wasn't seeing where it had to go. Like it had to to put its foot down, say we're gonna focus on software, we're gonna focus on services because services are taking over the world right now. Uh, and yeah, keep doing your camera stuff, keep doing your music stuff, keep doing you know all of your other specialty things. You're such a reliable phone, I can throw you on the ground, stomp on you seven times and pick you up and take a call. Whereas I couldn't do that with an iPhone or an Android phone back then. But keep doing everything you're doing, but put some focus on the experience and on software. And I remember, I don't know if we shut Symbian Guru down before uh, the, the touchscreen Symbian thing was announced with, uh, you know, the 5800. Uh, uh, 5, I'm not really sure if we did it before or after, but it was clear that things weren't going in the right direction. And we had a long talk and then eventually we decided to do it. We're like, yeah. There's no more joy in this. And we cannot keep... I remember we said something that we couldn't keep recommending something that we wouldn't recommend to ourselves. Right? Yep. So we, we had to... If, if we were no longer being honest with our coverage, then that was the end of it. Right, we we weren't getting paid, we weren't getting anything else out of it. So if there was no longer any joy or enthusiasm, and if we had to keep talking about something that we weren't comfortable talking about, then that made no sense and we had to shut down the site. And I remember it was covered by Engadget, that blew my mind. <laughs> and I'm not sure if TechCrunch or the next web or, or some other big site also uh, covered it. it the entire tech world just blew up for a whole day. And Ricky and I were, we were chatting on Google chat back then. Google talk, that's how it was called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're chatting and because Google has launched so many different messaging apps <laughs> over the years, yeah, you, you lose count. <laughs> you lose I think count. they're up to number 15 now. Uh, oh, 15 is a very low number. I would say about 35, 40. Uh, <laughs> It's a running joke in the Android world. Like, can Google make this a messaging uh, service? Yeah, they will. They'll add a messaging service to YouTube if you want. They have done that, by the way. Anyway, so yeah, we we were sitting there for uh, 
for the entire day, I think, and just talking to each other and saying, "What, geez, what did you did? What did we just do?" Uh, and but we we were still feeling good about that decision. Like we never regretted it. It was weird for me because at that at that point I was um, working in a pharmacy. Uh, while still trying to set up my own. I think I had bought my own pharmacy um, and I was, uh, you know, renovating it and trying to get it set up. And, um, but I was still working in a pharmacy and I remember sitting in the back room of the pharmacy, staring at my phone and being, oh, damn. <laughs> but at the same time, like, whew, I no longer have to do this, right? Even though I enjoyed all of it, by the end, it was... It wasn't that simple. And I thought that that was the end of it for me. Like I would never write again. I would never have a blog again because uh, I wanted to buy an Android phone and I wanted to move into that ecosystem. And I had zero uh, knowledge about the entire ecosystem. And somehow I ended up several months later, I missed, I missed writing. I really missed writing. So I ended up on an, uh, like freelancing for a site that, uh, I enjoyed reading. It was called Mac. Um, it, the entire thing is called App Store, and they had a Mac site. And on the Mac site, they announced they were launching an Android site, and I applied. And I said, "Yeah, I've never written about Android, you know, but I have experience writing about Simeon, and I just got an Android phone, so I'd like to write for you." I freelanced for them. I ended up becoming uh, the senior editor on the site a year later. And then I moved to Android Police, and seven years later, I'm the managing editor of Android Police. So. It's an entire career that's spanned from, yeah, from me looking at Darla's post and thinking, yeah, I could do this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> You've done well, but you're right. Like Nokia had had everything in the palm of their hand. They had the massive market share, but you're right. They couldn't yep. get developers to, to do write apps for them, and that's what killed them in the end. I think you're right. They had their own services, but when it came to um, App developers, Third party they, they couldn't get them. Yeah. yeah, that was the big issue. All of the services, all of the innovation at that time, it was spanning from the US, starting from Facebook and Twitter to Instagram and other services, and seeing them available on um, iOS and Android, but not on Symbian. It really spelled the end, right? Yeah, uh, no. The, the switch, uh, we can talk about the switch to Windows Phone, but I, I got some review units, I think, at the time uh, for Windows Phone. I think I uh, I also tried a few of them, but it, it, it never felt right for me. Um, and I always felt that it was lacking in terms of features. I think at the beginning, it didn't have notifications. It didn't have... Uh, like push notifications, that was a big one. Uh, so many apps didn't exist on the platform. It was uh, like, it couldn't get going, right? They couldn't get it off, uh, off, off the ground. And it's sad to see now. <laughs> I think oh, Ricky said the same it. thing about Windows Phone. Couldn't yeah. get into it. And uh, as you say, the missing features, like didn't even have copy and paste when they first came out and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Adrian, I mean, it was forgivable. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Yep. I, I'm uh, I'm saying some things were forgivable with iOS when it first launched. It didn't have G, uh, GPS. It didn't have 3G. I think the first iPhone didn't, didn't have, have an app base, store. Didn't have didn't have an app store, right? But uh, but 
But by the time Windows Phone was, or Nokia was starting to use Windows Phone, iOS had gotten these, right? Yeah, so right. they couldn't be several years late and say, yeah, we'll start where the iPhone started. People aren't going to forgive you for that. People are used to having these things. So you cannot start three years late, uh, with, like be three years late with all the features that you offer and expect people to be like, yeah, sure, we'll give you a few years to get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Adrian. Yeah. On to me. So, Rita, you've covered several mobile Nokia launch events over the years, such as Nokia World, MWC, and South by Southwest, which I'm guessing is Dean Patrick's favourite. Um, what is your fondest memory, and do you have any juicy stories for us? Oh, juicy stories. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I... I Hmm. Give us some gossip. <laughs> so, so, someone, my, something my, that will my, get some, someone into trouble. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that this is gonna get me into trouble. Possibly. <laughs> Go on. Spill your guts. But I think it. I think it was the Nokia N ninety N eighty two. Sorry, uh, or eighty six. I don't know. No N eighty two. N82 or N86, I'm not really sure. It was an N80 phone. Uh, this is when we were invited to the Carl Zeiss uh, factory tour. And um, it was me, uh, Dan, uh, Miss Jen, as I said. Um, there was, um, I don't know if you if you're aware of him, a guy called Mirage Shaya. Um, and we... Uh, yeah, he was involved in the community a little bit. And we were at a bar uh, at the end of the day. And somehow I start playing piano. I was a little uh, little drunk, <laughs> tipsy, let's say. Um, and <laughs> one word had invited a person whose name I completely forgot. And that guy was the kind of, yeah, the kind of nerd who would bugger you the entire time and he was buggering the entire Nokia team the whole time right he'd be like yeah my phone can do this better why can't you do this why can't you you, you know not the easygoing kind of personality and he was annoying us the whole trip uh, I'm sorry if he's listening right now so <laughs> but there was a point where he I think an ANSI decided to have a keyboard competition uh he had uh I think um a touchscreen phone, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know which touchscreen phone it was, maybe. Yeah, I think he had a touchscreen phone. And Ansi had uh, a Nokia phone with a keyboard. I think it was the E71. And he was trying to convince Ansi that he could be faster than him. They decided to have a competition typing uh, a sentence and repeating it multiple times. So Ansi typed the sentence, he used copy-paste. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like se like 7,000 <laughs> and the other guy was typing furiously and I recorded that video. Then we had someone from the Peace Corps who was at the hotel and we had a conversation with him. Like, the, oh, the whole thing is on video, right? The, the, the competition, the, 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 the furious uh, invitee who was trying to, <laughs> to, to type every single word, ANSI copy-pasting. 
um, me uh, just laughing the whole time, playing the piano a little bit, the Pierce Corps guy who started telling us war stories and whatever. Uh, and at the end of, uh, of our trip, Nokia asked us for our phones back and I format the phone and I give it to them. And then I realized that I had deleted uh, or that I hadn't backed oh, up no. that video. <laughs> and Daniel and I have a thing where we say what happened in Aachen stays in Aachen. <laughs> so I think it was Aachen or Allen. I'm not really sure. I think it was Allen. That was a German city. So what happens there stays there. We <laughs> that video never. It was never publicized. It was never uh, <laughs> available for anyone to watch. But it was a fond memory. <laughs> oh, what a shame, though. Yeah, all the photos that I took on that trip were gone, but that video, I will never forget that video. Jeez. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. back to me, Rita. Yep. So your old your old online name was .sysx. Is there any special uh, meaning attached to that name? It's uh, the extension uh, of uh, the applications that you installed on Simeon. It's .sysx. Okay. Do you have yeah. any favorites? Uh, you still use that it every nerdy. now and again? <laughs> uh, no, the nickname, I don't nerdy. use it anymore. <laughs> Lots of people would ask me why you is that your name. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'd be like, it's yeah, it's thing. just the extension of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm known as uh, Hori RT on all platforms, so I try to grab that. Uh, that address, that name, whenever I want to. I think it's unique enough that I'm able to get it, which is good. Otherwise, maybe one day I would That's revive the, the, the dot six, six. Oh my God. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, is that pronounce. how you pronounce it? <laughs> I was going to say, so that's how you pronounce it. I used to pronounce it. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember all those apps you had to make sure that they were signed? <laughs> Yes. Oh my yeah. God! You just reminded me. There was yeah. there was a site where you could go and you could upload oh, an app right. and get yeah, it signed. Yeah, I remember with. that. I, I think it was a Russian site. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They're the best. I think so. Dodgy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right now, you would never do that, right? But no. back then, you'd be like, "Yeah, sure, Rus Rus Russian site. I will give them the application I want to use and get whatever thing they they're gonna apply and <laughs> download it, install it. Who cares about my data? <laughs> I know they probably got all. Oh, they probably know where you live and everything now. So. <laughs> so, yeah, those those were the days I do remember, and you know, just seeing so many apps, and I was like, "Yeah, I want that. I want that." And then you're like, "Oh, it's unsigned. I have to get it signed." <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of, uh, you were asking me about weird things or stories from the community. There was one thing, it wasn't in the community, right? But it was, uh, it, OneWord had a competition uh, mm -hmm. and they decided to send uh, Nokia N97 minis uh, to 10 people across the world in the community. And they had a competition where they would send you challenges. Oh, there was also the ninja thing. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, they had weird competitions that they had us uh, participate in. The N97 Mini, they sent us a huge trunk, black trunk, right? And it had a humongous calculator. Uh, it had a radio. It had uh, 
a life-sized um what what uh i think like a chessboard or i'm not really sure what it was but it was a life-size thing like you could you could put it on the floor and then no there was um there was a dice that you had to inflate so it wasn't chess it was something else I don't know. Anyway, so they had these and they asked us uh, to do like a gaming thing showing off uh, the difference between the Nokia N97 and, uh, you know, whatever uh, analog thing that they had sent. So there was the music thing. There was the the uh, the gaming thing. There were a few other aspects. And my friend and I took it really seriously because they wanted us to compete uh, or not to compete, like to have a friend help us over with one of us doing the the analog thing and the friend doing uh, the uh, the tech thing with the, with the N97. So uh, my friend and I really decided to take it to the next level. The unboxing was us uh, with a flute pretending to be Indian snake charmers and the devices being pulled out of the box with, um, with a string and then we photoshopped the string out. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the results, yes. Yeah, uh, the uh, the gaming thing, uh, we went to her father's lawyer uh, office and I, I pretended that I was waiting for my turn and then I decided to play a game and then I inflated the, the dice and I put the whole thing on the floor and she was trying to tell me, no, no, you cannot play a game like that in the office. And <laughs> the, <laughs> the music thing, I think we went on a... Um, I'm trying to to figure out how do you say it in English, uh, like a téléphérique, tel, uh, which you know a cable car. Yeah. Uh, so we went on a cable car and we tried to convince the cable car company that this huge trunk thing, black trunk thing we're carrying, does not include any ex- explosives, <laughs> and we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it on the cable car, like in Lebanon in 2008. That was a stretch, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was also another one. I don't know. I think it was productivity or something. And we went to a mall with the, with the huge black trunk. I was carrying it around everywhere because, and, uh, we went on the escalator and the security guys came and they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm filming something for a competition. <laughs> but, but I won that competition or we won that competition. We got two and Nokia and 97 minis and that was amazing. Like my friend got hers and, uh, I think at the time I already had the Nokia and 97 mini for some other reason. And I decided to get an N86 and gift it to my aunt. So, uh, she still has the N86, which is good. My aunt has it. I took a photo of it a couple of years ago. It was still functioning and it was the white one. It was so beautiful. But yeah. <laughs> like crazy stories there was one time where where they sent us uh, one where it sent us ninja costumes and they wanted us uh, to wear them and pretend to be ninjas and i was in france at the time because i was doing my master's degree uh so i was wearing the ninja costume uh inside uh, the whole dorms thing and i went outside in uh in the park near the university dorms and all of that and i was jumping from trees and my friend was taking photos and people were looking me like I was a crazy madman (laughs) or mad woman (laughs) but yeah these are the the, I still have these photos I have the uh, N97 mini trunk uh, uh, videos but I unpublished them so the world will not get to see (laughs) it's a shame we're on the poor video edits (laughs) 
Ring them the, back. The let's, words let's, will let's not start a petition, uh, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could send you the ni- the ninja photos, <laughs> but I mean those yeah, edits they were. Uh, the, oh my god! Oh my god! I'll see if they're still uh, if, if if I still have access to them. But I mean that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, you had you had to imagine like Windows Movie Maker back in two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> amateurs do, 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 doing doing that work. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, dear me. Sounds good times. Yeah, that would sound like awesome times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, so many awesome lot of experiences fun. and uh, yeah. challenges that they they set for you to do, you know, just uh, yep. really thought provoking stuff. So, yeah, good stuff. And it would have been challenging doing they, that. Uh, they helped well. us. Uh... <laughs> it was the N97 Mini, so that was. Uh, I loved that phone a it lot was a more bit than better, the N97 yeah. because it had more memory. Well, right, yeah, it was a little go. bit better. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the original N97, like yeah. we've talked about a few times with our guests. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember getting a um, on the world. I think, and I and I sent it back after about a week. Couldn't I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, just not enough memory. Uh, just a real pain to use. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the smoothest experience. Let's say that. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Okay, on to me now, I believe. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Yes, so, it is, mate. Your turn. It is. <laughs> Reading through the comments on uh, the old Symbian Guru articles, uh, one thing that stood out to me, Rita, is the love and respect between bloggers and the phone users. Okay. So these days on tech blogs and uh, social media, um, so YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, um, Seems to be a, a lot of brand and also personal bashing happening in the comments section. So, how do you think the mobile tech yeah. landscape has changed over the years from a somewhat niche community to being a huge media phenomenon? Yeah. It, Sorry, this is a bit of a two-part question. Changed. Like, yeah, That's things it. have definitely changed, uh, and I've, I've my career has taken me through all the different phases. For me, it looks a little bit like a regular evolution of things. And I have to stop at, at points and think back to, because I've been through, like, I've been through it all. And when you're living it, you don't really reflect on how things used to be. And there are times when I'm like, it didn't used to be like that. Like back then you would have to, um, if you wrote an article, there wasn't Twitter. It wasn't public. Uh, you you had to go, for example, email uh, Ricky or Darla and tell them, look, yeah, I posted something. Or l- go on another post they published and comment or whatever. This is how things were. They weren't instantaneous. An article that you wrote today could be read three days later because no one has seen it in the three days that it's been published, Right. Uh, so yep. things were a lot slower, a lot, incredibly slower. Uh, and it was a smaller community. And there was, as you said, a lot of respect between the different sites, but also between us and the community of readers. We were all there trying to help each other and trying to uh, just 
like make the most of what was in front of our uh, in front of us in our hands uh whereas now there's such a huge culture of yeah if you, uh, like if i write an article today saying that uh google needs to fix something i get called an, a google hater even though like i've been writing about google for 10 years at this point if i um if I, uh, I don't know, if I write an article uh, saying that, you know, there are a few things that I enjoy about Apple, uh, I also get called <laughs> an Apple fan. It's not that I'm an Apple fan or a Google fan or whatever. I'm a fan of the tools that work for me. And there are so many times where I have to go in the comments and tell people that, you know, it's not that I'm, if, if I'm writing one positive or negative article today it doesn't mean that everything is positive or negative about the platform it's just that i'm just writing this thing right now and this is the scope of it like i'm not making any general statement about the entire platform or the entire company or whatever i'm just making a statement about this specific feature right it needs to be fixed it needs to be improved or it's awesome and it helps me or you know like whether positive or negative you don't have to generalize it. And mm -hmm. if you're asking for so many things get misconstrued, mm -hmm. like you could be asking for, yeah, uh, just a few days ago, I wrote an article saying that I would like more colorful flagships because every single company right now is uh, announcing, for example, uh, the iPhone 13. It comes in red, it comes in blue, but the iPhone 13 Pro, it has a very pastel kind of blue. It doesn't have any red, there are no colors. And Pro premium phones, or, or the highest flagships being released nowadays, they, they, they don't have any colors. They're black, silver, potentially gold. I mean, and it's sort of like every company has decided that, yeah, a premium phones should have very serious, very respectable colors because no one would want purple on their phone. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the we type of voice like you put on too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was writing an article saying I would like more colors, and some and so many people are coming in and saying no, we wouldn't like more colors. But I mean, it's nothing if they offer more options, right? I'm not saying stop making black phones. I'm just saying I want more color options. <laughs> I'm not saying black should go from phones, right? So you write something, and it can be misinterpreted or people can take it to the next level it's yeah. sort of like so many people in in the comments nowadays or uh, in other places they're really they're sort of in their, their default mode is i want to fight you and i'm mm -hmm. gonna look for whatever you say so i can fight you whereas 10 years ago 14 years ago whatever when i started the default mode was i'm gonna help you Right? Yeah. Like I'm gonna maybe dis disagree with you, but disagree respectfully. Uh, yes. Or maybe I'm gonna point you to to a different thing, or I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong, but maybe I'm gonna tell you that it's my opinion that you were wrong without really diminishing you as a person or mm -hmm. without really bashing you or anything like that. So um, I try as much as possible to to tone these down. Sometimes I just walk away from the entire conversation if it gets too much and if I feel that I'm uh, getting like too involved or too heated or whatever. There were times when I would keep on replying, but with time you're like, okay, whatever, you're a person sitting 
in front of yeah. a computer trying to pick a fight and I have a job to do and I get paid for doing this <laughs> this thing <laughs> you do not <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. try to rem- I try to remind myself yeah I'm getting a paycheck at the end of the day you're not <laughs> yeah. so also, I'm yeah. just not gonna pick a fight and I You're also have shit, yeah. like <laughs> exactly like I have enough maturity and enough experience behind me to be like yeah don't take mm-hmm. it personally Rita just don't sometimes I'll be so sarcastic in my reply that you know it oozes sarcasm and people are like oh, oh shit <laughs> what, what, what did what did you just do but sometimes I just I or at least like recently over the cap- past couple of years <coughs> sorry I've tried to bring more positivity into my answer and more niceness into my answers because um, I mean like yeah you can say whatever you want but I'm I'm gonna be the bigger person here and you know tone this down uh, and give an answer that makes sense right uh, so you have to make the effort for it like niceness and and kindness nowadays online is an effort whereas being evil and uh, being confrontational and uh you know taking things further than they should be is sort of the default right yeah. you have to make the effort to to, to 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 be a nice genuine person and i had to sort of make that switch or either just walk away and there are times when i still do i i'm like no not worth it not worth my time. <laughs> exactly. And I think you nailed it on the head too, Rita. Like I've never understood, and you're right, back in the you know, the old days everyone used to help out each other and, and you know, that's how Adrian got into Nokia as well because he, he used to help out on the blogs there. And, and mm. now it, it is. It's just become a cesspit of uh, evil, of you know, people, anonymous you know, keyboard warriors who just want to uh, bash everything they see and put everything yes. down. Like where, where's the help? Yeah, we, uh, for example, on, on, on Android Police, we get called Apple fans or Samsung fans if we write one article that's good about Samsung by everyone else. And then if we write something that's bad about something, we're, we're Samsung haters. And we're like, I'm the same person yesterday and today. I wrote the same. <laughs> I'm the person who wrote these two things. I'm still the same person. So please just understand that there's nuance in what you're writing and there's nuance in the word. And don't take, you know, like, don't take one article out of context and try to apply whatever thought was put in this specific context to everything that I'm saying. Because no, it doesn't apply. And my opinions change. Like, you have to understand that if I say something good or bad about something today, tomorrow, I might not feel the same thing because maybe my circumstances changed. Maybe the feature changed. Maybe uh, it's no longer good. Maybe it's buggy right now. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's improved and it used to suck and now it's good. So uh, opinions change and uh, things aren't as categorical. And mm. people tend to go into the yes, no categorical, black, white, whatever. The, 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 they... they, they they have trouble understanding that there's nuance in what you're saying. And it's easier to go, yeah, you said something positive about that, then you mean you're positive about everything about it. But no. Certainly, yeah. Let's let's go back to the Nokia, uh, Nokia days then, Justin. <laughs> you know, where it was, it was so yeah. much easier. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, definitely. Funner. Where do you think it began, Rita? Like, 
it, it was it was a helpful community, and now it's just uh, a lot of hate and parochialism, and you know, you, you, as you say, Samsung hater or Samsung lover or Apple lover and whatever. You know, who cares? You're, you're just there to help people. Yeah. That's why you're writing what you do and stuff. So, what? Maybe, where do you maybe think it's it down to the accessibility? I guess you know where it, where everything just loads. You know, remember back then, like everything took ages to load, and if you wrote a comment, it would you know <laughs> get to put real measure into it and and think about it, and and you welcomed everyone's opinion and all of that, and everyone wanted to help out. But now, because you know you've got a million you know different um, things, whether it's you know a blog or on YouTube or and everything loads so fast, you can just, um, you know, if you don't agree with their, their opinion, you can just go off at them and go on to the next one. And I think, you know, being on our phones all this time, just, you know, even um, being on your phone a lot these days during the day, it's just, uh, you know, brought that negativity to the fore, you know, and it's just made people, yeah. I guess, more negative. But, um, yeah, what, what do you reckon, Rita? Uh, I do agree with you. I agree that the instantaneous aspect and the fact that it's there and the fact that, you know, so many people are involved at this point. Back then it was such a smaller community. Um, and uh, um, maybe I'm going to be evil a little bit and say like getting because Apple and Android are both based in the US and getting all of the uh, I've noticed with times that usually people in the US are very categorical, right? Uh, and I'm not just talking about phones. I'm talking about their opinionated and their opinion very like it doesn't. It, it, there's less nuance. If they like something, they like it. If they hate something, they hate it. Very black so, and white, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I mean. I grew up in Lebanon where everything had so much nuance and where, uh, you know, you had to think about the consequences of every single thing you were doing online and offline. So, um, like being a little bit categorical about your opinions and not being open to discussing whether that makes sense or it doesn't make sense. I feel that that's a trait a little bit that comes from uh, people who have privilege and who didn't have to struggle a lot to get to where they are. Um, but I'm not trying to blame an entire country or an entire culture on that, but that's more of a Western thing. Um, and it's uh, it's different. But right now, I mean, the negativity is everywhere. It's uh, it's not just in the Western world. You can see tons of people arguing from from Japan to India to China to whatever, and having the same attitudes, right? Uh, but I guess they have fun doing that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's I go back to Nokia. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Nokia. All right. I'll give you my next question then. So. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on the HMD Nokia branded handsets? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first time I was invited to. Uh, let's Let's go back a little bit. The first time I heard that Nokia was coming back. <coughs> and doing Android devices, and not officially, not Nokia, HMD, obviously. Uh, like that felt so weird, so weird. Because I, I don't know. I, it's a little bit like 
you having an ex and that ex coming back in your life, but coming back completely changed. Um, <laughs> because, and <laughs> you, yeah, you no longer having a connection with them, right? You no longer feeling that there's anything common between you two, but yeah. there are so many good memories and uh, so many, th that just the word Nokia has so much connotation in my life. Yeah. And it, it brings so much uh, in my heart and my mind. Yeah. And yeah, so much. It's It has shaped a great part of my adult life. And hearing that word and noticing that it wasn't the same thing, uh, it was weird. It was awkward. I got invited to the Nokia something. It's, it's telling that I can't even remember which phone it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, confusing in naming schemes. Yeah, in Lebanon. And I went uh, to the event and I was there like, I know no one here. Uh, the entire community feels completely different because I had gotten to know a few people from uh, the older Nokia days in Lebanon as well. Like people who were writing for uh, for uh, newspapers and who were doing uh, TV spots, uh, explaining technology and that kind of stuff. So there was like one or two persons, but it just wasn't the same at all. And... <clears throat> I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them try to do a few things. And in the beginning, it looked like they were really going in a good direction with Android. Like they were focusing on uh, stock Android. They weren't adding any things like Samsung. They were trying to differentiate themselves that way. And it seemed that they were really on a, on a good path forward. Uh, they gained some market share in Europe. Uh, they, they were trying to leverage that brand that every single person loved. Uh, and they were trying to do some really good things with it. But I don't know what happened about two years ago. I think, yeah, about two years ago, they sort of like, it went to whimper. Um, they would release one phone every now and then, and there was no excitement anymore. They tried to do a pure view phone using five cameras. Uh, it took five seconds to take a photo with that. Um, the, they were on a, like, I, I would say I was hoping that they were going to take off, and I was hoping that they would bring some much-needed competition to uh, Samsung and to Apple and to Xiaomi and Huawei and all these other brands. But I don't know. I don't know what happened there because um, it felt like for a year or two, uh, everything Nokia was so hot, even on Android Police, like everything Nokia was so hot. And then all of a sudden, nothing. People didn't care anymore and they weren't doing any uh, exciting releases anymore and it didn't matter at that point. And it went from huge excitement to just a whimper. I agree. And I, I think you know, my theory is that, that Nokia 9 PureView was the thing that's uh, like that obviously cost a lot of money to make and that, that they're a company that doesn't have a lot of money behind them. And because, it, as you say, it took five seconds to take one photo it had an outdated processor uh and mm. i think they lost lost a lot of money developing that phone and uh that's why i think they've got you know phones coming out every now and again uh then they're all lower end or mid-range phones and that's it they don't there's nothing yeah. aspirational about them anymore yeah, processors yeah. last and all that mm. you know it's just uh you know 
<laughs> yep. Bit of a mess. That makes sense. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian. All right, on to me, my good friend. So, after several years across various publications such as Phone Arena and uh, now in your current tenure as managing editor at Android Police, what do you see yeah. as the next important battleground for mobile technology? Or multiple. If you think there's more than one, of course, yeah. I I don't think there's like there's a lot of talk about VR, there's a lot of talk about AR, there's a lot of talk about wearables. Uh, yes, these things matter. I think the real battleground right now is in making all of the gadgets that already exist and all of the tech that we already use integrate well together. And you see companies like Apple, for example, doing that or starting to do that really well. Um, Google is still struggling with, with that, clearly struggling with that. And in my opinion, it's not going to be about a single device or a single form factor or a single... Um, like medium for for connecting with other people or consuming content or creating content. It's not about a single thing. It's not about one thing. It's about making all of the things that you have around you work well together. It's about moving from one device to another. It's about, suppose you have like an implanted chip in your ear and um, a phone in your hand and the TV in your house and... You know, having them all work together without any friction, without any um, any wait times, uh, without having to move, manually move things around. Uh, all of this, uh, like the smart speaker in your house or the watch on your hand or the whatever, having all of this work together very well and in a, such an integrated way, I think that's the big uh, battleground for, uh, for companies right now. Because they can do whatever they want if you're still pausing and like opening the YouTube app on your phone, clicking the Chromecast button, choosing the Chromecast, and then sending it to the TV, there's still friction. Like we've we've gotten so far ahead, right? It used to take so much longer to do this kind of stuff. But there are still a few steps. Um, there are still times when if, for example, I take a screenshot on my Chromebook, if I get to my Mac, I, I don't have the screenshot immediately. I have to move it over. I have to put it on Google Drive or Dropbox. If I'm um, down the line, if I have a smart, smart glasses on or something in front of me that's projecting whatever information in front of my eyes, it needs to be able to talk to my TV and to my tablet and to my phone. This kind of things, this kind of... Um, Connection between all the devices and this kind of integrated experience is something that's where it seems that companies are putting their focus forward. Like you can see with the latest um, uh, macOS and uh, iOS stuff, um, 
you could see that if you set a focus mode, I mean, I'm not saying Apple is doing notifications or anything right, right? They still suck at that. But if you set a certain focus mode on your uh, phone, it applies to your Mac. So there's something there that's going in the right direction. There's something there that's happening that's telling me, okay, if I set my phone on do not disturb, please also put my computer on do not disturb because I need to do some work. If I uh, if I decide to like this thing blows my mind. If I if if I dismiss a notification on my phone, why does it not disappear from everywhere else? I just dismissed it, right? Like I saw it or I opened it or whatever. Why is it still on my tablet? Why is it still on my computer? If I <coughs> I don't know. There there are things that already work well. If I take a photo on my phone, I can see it on my computer, I can see it on my tablet, I can see it on my TV, but there's there's still friction there. And making these things work together, having such an integrated experience, that's that's the forefront of technology for us. You see, uh, I don't know, like there are so many companies that launch these videos. I think Nokia did that at one point. But, Nokia, yeah, Nokia, I think. Like some, someone waking up from bed, seeing something projected on the wall, the windows open up, the whatever, and then they go, they brush their teeth, things are on the mirror in their bathroom. Uh, they go to work, they have their phone, the information has somehow made it through to their phone. Like. I don't know if you've seen these, but there are so many ads or and so many like uh, launch uh, promo videos, things that are like that. But it never really happens like that in real life. And never. <laughs> you have to stop. You have to click. You have to tap. You have to send. You have to struggle. You have to put a plug in, remove a wire there, uh, turn things on. It's not never as seamless as that. Yeah, so true. But getting to that point, this is where I feel that technology would at that point it would be everywhere but it would be sort of invisible like the best things about tech are sometimes when you don't have to do anything when it's it just happens for you right when you don't have to struggle and you just like you forget about it you no longer have to think about doing that thing because it's happening somehow in the background and that's it. And understanding context. There used to be, like we used to talk a lot in in the last Nokia days about contextual awareness, about your phone understanding what you're doing and switching somehow and understanding that, for example, right now you need access to these apps and um, maybe you need this in front of you and uh, this kind of information. Or for example, uh, that maybe you're going to work, so you need access to your music. Maybe you're at home, you need some entertainment. Maybe you're working, you need everything to be silent. We still have to set all of these manually and our devices don't understand. Uh, they're becoming much smarter at so many things, but they still don't really understand context around us. Um, so uh, Google tried to do that a little bit when they had something called Google Now. I don't know if you if you remember that, but uh, like you would be somewhere and you would have Google Now show up and tell you, uh, yeah, uh, you have to move now because you have a meeting somewhere. Or it would tell you uh, your package is on the way to delivery. Or it had a few integrations where it would pick up some information from your Gmail inbox. Mm -hmm. And then try to serve you that information wherever you were. If you had like a trip coming up, it would be like, this is your flight number. This is where you need to go. That information that still the, serves. With the card, surfacing. sorry? Yeah, with the Google Now cards, yeah, yeah, exactly. With the cards, yeah, now I remember, yeah. Go on, sorry. And 
And then they disappeared, like these things disappeared. They moved to Google Assistant. They thought that Google Assistant is going to be the next thing. And mm. Google Assistant is nice, but you have to you have to ask it, right? You have to make the effort to ask it. Where is yeah. this? What do I do? Where do I? Like, there's another layer of friction that's showing up. Now they're going back to it. They have something inside Google Assistant that's snapshot that surfaces this information for you. And they have something on the Pixel Launcher where you have like your flights and you know your upcoming appointments and all that kind of thing. But so they're it, they took some years off. They tried to do Assistant. They're still doing Assistant, but you know trying to integrate it with all of that. It's still not exactly like we're not there. We're clearly not there. We still have several years ahead of us to get to a point where things are much more seamless. It's a fantastic answer. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a, a great uh, take on it and perspective. Um, I think so you know, too. I think so that, you know, that, you know, it's just, it's sorely lacking, you know, where we're even with smart home integration here and, and then half the time I can't even... You know, turn the light bulb on because uh, Google won't <laughs> recognize it. You know, like it's just we got a long way to go, like you say. I have a joke where uh, that actually happened. I was brushing my teeth and I realized we don't have any toothpaste anymore. And while brushing my teeth, uh, for some reason, I decided to say, hey, add toothpaste to my shopping list. So Google says, yeah, adding toothpaste to your shopping list. And, you know, like I hadn't pronounced anything more than a couple of vowels. It understood that perfectly. Two seconds later, hey, Google, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to try to um, <laughs> trigger anything. Trigger it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But turn on the lights and Google is like, uh, yeah, playing lights by Ellie Goulding. What the? What? Turn on the lights. There's nothing more simple than that. And you understood. <laughs> well, um, I think. I'm going to try uh, that on my Google Homes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be brushing your teeth and then issuing a uh, command. I think that uh, that's the correct use. <laughs> I'm going to test that out. I'm going to test that out. <laughs> Got Google Homes everywhere in the house. Yeah. Um, I want to ask quickly, Rita, sorry, do you have any thoughts on foldables? I'm excited about them. I still feel that they're uh, a couple of generations away from becoming interesting for me specifically because I don't want to carry a heavy phone with a heavy battery and large screens and whatever. But... um, and they're also probably like a couple of generations away from being interesting for more people, but it, it's clear that this is where things are headed, right? Uh, to be able to have something small that you can slip into your pocket. Us women, we have tiny pockets on our pants, tiny jeans pockets for some reason, where you could put like uh, your fingers up to one knuckle down maybe, or two at the most. Um, so having, you know, large, massive phones, it's not the most practical thing for us. So having like a smaller device that you can carry around with you easily, but then unfold and have such a bigger, larger, richer experience in front of you, that's, you know, that's much more practical one. And it's sort of a little bit magical in a way. Like it's, it, it makes you go like, wow, oh, sh- it was so small and then you know big screen <laughs> so yeah 
Yeah, well, we could always go back to uh, wearing the. Um, you remember the the clip on the leather the leather pouches for the old Nokia's, and you just wear it on your belt or your. <laughs> oh, those things! Oh, oh, I remember wearing yeah. that in school. <laughs> you were one of those. <laughs> oh, I was one of those as a teenager, so dorky. And then it got to the I stage where I, to, uh, I had to hide it under my school shirt because I thought, well, you know, the I was in my twenties doing that, Adrian. Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rita. Final question for me. Yeah. Uh, that we've we've touched a bit on Symbian Guru and uh, Phone Arena. So, do you still keep in touch with Ricky, Michael, Hell, Varun, Krishnan, Jan, V, and uh, any others from the old crew? Yeah, I do. I'm, uh, I, I, f I follow Ricky on Twitter and on, uh, on Instagram. We still like send messages or reply to each other every now and then. Um, he reminds me every single year of the day we shut down to Mean Guru, which is a little bittersweet. Um, I'm still a little bit in touch with uh, CJ, Clinton Jeff, with Michael. I, I actually met CJ at CES 2015. Uh, the first day we met, we were so exhausted that uh, we could, like, we couldn't take photos of each other. He had gone through a 36 hour flight extravaganza thing because he had to pass through so many airports to get to, um, to Las Vegas. And I was so tired. I hadn't slept for at least 36 hours as well. Uh, so we took photos of our feet <laughs> next to each other. Our shoes were like, they look better than us. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we'll take another photo, but today they look better than us. <laughs> um, I went to Austria with my husband on vacation and I met Michael there, Michael Hell. Um, I've, I've also gone to, uh, I also went on vacation to the UK and I met Steve Litchfield. I met Rafe again. Um, and uh, who else? Uh, I met Nirav. Uh, he was... Uh, He's currently with XDA, but he used to be uh, also uh, uh, like involved with the Symbian community. Um, a few other people that uh, you know used to read me back then and still followed me to to the Android world across the years and all of that. Um, who else? Uh, there are a few people like Dhruv Bhutani. I would like to meet him in person. I still haven't. Um, Ewan Spence. Uh, I think I might meet him soon <laughs> because uh, he covers uh, Eurovision as well. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, he does. But yep. he, yeah, I'm a huge Eurovision fan and I got into it because of him. I used to see him tweet and I was like, what the hell is that? So I decided to watch it for one year and now I'm a big Eurovision nerd. And it's all <laughs> because of him. So Junior Eurovision is happening in Paris. I'm pretty sure he's going to be here to cover it, hopefully. Uh, otherwise... Uh, I have uh, my hotel booked for Eurovision in Italy next year, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be there for sure. So I'll definitely meet him. Um, so yeah, like some people I kept up with uh, in different mediums. Some people I'm like, I'm coming to your country. Do you mind if you drive for an hour and meet me? <laughs> and this is how it happens. I try to, I try to at least like put a face uh, to to people uh, once. Steve uh, just met me at a train station, I think, uh, when I was in London. He said, I'm just coming in for an hour or an hour and a half, and then I have to go back, but let's make it happen. You f you flew from Lebanon. I can take a train. <laughs> so that's what, that's what we did. Uh, well, so that's yeah. romantic. 
we uh, and Var- yeah <laughs> Varun I've met him on a couple of occasions different events as well so it's still uh, I enjoy uh, staying in touch with the community I still like see their tweets, reply to them. It's usually just Twitter nowadays where uh, you're in touch with people. And with Michael, uh, Michael Hell, there's a, a bit, I think the friendship is a little bit more developed there. We had a video call a while back with me, him and CJ. And when I flew to Austria, my husband was with me. So Michael knows my husband and they, <laughs> they they enjoyed each other's company. So that's another friendship that has, uh, you know, spawned from this. So it's cool. So Michael Hell, we've got people. to get him on, Adrian. We do, it we is. do. But yeah, you do. We've got to get Michael Hell you on. You do. There. And uh, Eurovision, I've just never got it, Rita. The music's a bit out there <laughs> and poppy and out, uh, over the top. And uh, Yes, and... <laughs> yes and no. I, I like. I enjoy the fact that it's a little bit like you know, a little bit like American Idol, but the Champions League at the same time because you know you have European countries competing against each other, and then there's politics thrown in for some reason, and it's a little bit also pride because there's a lot of LGBT um, links uh, in in the fandom, and there's and. It's also about the music, right? So it's music, it's politics, it's competition, it's a little bit of everything. And then you discover these stories of artists just getting started and, you know, trying to make the best presentation they could. And uh, because I follow it, like I follow songs from the beginning to the end. And then you discover some really indie stuff uh, that wouldn't be known because they would never make it to Sweden or to the UK or to the US. So they would never be really big names. And also there's a lot of ethnic stuff that you discover. So I'm always a fan of Albanian songs uh, because they're so different. And I mean, they remind me a little bit of Lebanon. They have this, this kind of ethnic vibe to them, but they're also so special in their own ways. So this is part of it. And over the last few years, like if you see the winners over the last five years, every single winner is so different. We had the jazz guy from Portugal. We had a crazy chick from Israel. We had the very sentimental Dutch guy. And now we have bonkers rockers from Italy. And some things are a little bit cliche. Some things are a little bit trite. Um, some countries still don't understand how to do it. But if you see the top five, usually the songs are so good. And in my opinion, they're excellent. Like uh, my husband has become a fan because of me. And <laughs> he was more excited about the an announcement of Turin yesterday than I was because we had already booked the hotel. We were like, we're banking on Turin. We're banking on these days. So let's make it happen. And they announced the days uh, and Turin that we had already booked. So we're super excited about that. You just have to, I don't know, like forget the Eurovision of 2000 of the 2000s and watch it with new eyes because the last couple of years have been full of real quality, in my opinion. And, and what do you think of Australia uh, being in Eurovision? Uh, I was a huge fan of uh, Katie Miller-Heitke. 
Yes. I still, I still think it's weird. Like, yeah, this is Eurovision, but we have Australia thrown in for some reason. I mean, you guys are, you're huge fans of, of Eurovision for some reason. I don't understand why. I, it's not that I don't understand why. It's that I don't understand how it started, but I understand why you're huge fans of Eurovision. It's such a special thing, right? Um, and there's nothing like it. Like, I would, I would say maybe Champions League for sports people is almost the same thing. And I watch sports, right? I also watch football. I, I also enjoy that kind of thing. But there are so many different aspects and different things that I enjoy. And Eurovision is also a little bit about the community. Like a few years ago, maybe it was a bit like Symbian because it was such a tight knit community and people from outside of it didn't really understand what Eurovision was. And it's not until a few years ago that more people started getting into it and more people started understanding what the whole thing was about. And now you have people from the US writing about Eurovision and you're like, what? But yeah, <laughs> it's made it such a, <laughs> yeah, su such a discovery and such a weird thing for them to enjoy, I guess. Have you been out to Australia at all, Rita? Nope. On the to-do list, but we're trying to do Europe now because we can can get a visa easily. <laughs> like we yeah, don't need a visa. We we, 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 just, we just move around. Uh, but I think at one point, if we get the French uh, nationality, it'll make it easier. And, you know, when you have a bit more free time on our hands, because you have to take into account, I think, like <laughs> one day to get there and one day to get back. And then two days to recover from getting back <laughs> <laughs> so you're fu you're functional human again <laughs> true true okay so we're on to the tail end of the uh, podcast now and the question yeah. that uh, everyone's been waiting for top <laughs> yeah. five nokia devices of all time reader yes uh did you have them okay. written out I did. I cheated. <laughs> I, I love. Um, I love the when everyone does does that. Yeah. So the first one, definitely the thirty two fifty Express Music. That was my first uh, Symbian phone. Uh, I just love that it was such a transformer phone. I love that it could be three different things depending on how you flipped the bottom part. Um, and it's basically how I got started, like the whole origin story of Rita in the tech world. That's, it's that phone. Um, then uh, two of them for two different reasons, the Nokia E71 and the Nokia Beautiful. N82. Yeah. Uh, both of them, I won them. Like I had such a good luck, by the way, in I think in the entire community, I'm the one who won the most phones. <laughs> like there would be a draw, I would win a phone, there would be a competition, I would just like work my ass off to get to get the uh, the first prize. There would be something I, I would just try to win the phone. It was for me. I like, hate people like you, uh, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I, I, I really. <laughs> I was lucky, but I also put a lot of effort when it was a competition because like things were expensive in Lebanon. I still didn't have like any money of my own. I was still a student. I was still trying to, you know, make ends meet and like putting down 500 or $600 on a phone that was just out of question. So I was just, I was just doing my best, but I got lucky a couple of times. The E71, I won it at a draw in at the launch event in Lebanon. They had just... 10 journalists, I think. They decided to pick two uh, names out of the hat. And uh, 
they picked mine. And I, I was like, what? It was the first thing I ever won. Um, <laughs> and the N82, there was a competition, I think, for some reason. And I won it. I'm not really sure what it was. Uh, but I won an N8 as well. I won the two N97 minis with my friend when we did the competition. I I think I won a 5800 uh, the touch, the first touchscreen one. Uh, yeah, there, there were several. <laughs> but yeah, so the E71, because, you know, it's the E71. Like, that's, that's the phone that, that sort of made BlackBerry irrelevant at the point. It was, the first time I saw it, it was so small, so sleek. So, I mean, how do you put such tiny keys and fit a full keyboard into such a small phone? And... When they picked my name out of the hat, I just couldn't believe it. And I used that phone, I think, for one or two years uh, while I was in France because um, when I was doing my master's here, because I could reply to emails, I could tweet, I could do whatever I wanted. And it was so fast and it was and I became so fast with the keyboard. Uh, and the N82, it had a five megapixel camera with the Xenon flash. And that just took amazing photos. Um, Steve Litchfield waxed lyrical about the Xenon Flash for so many years uh, at the time. <laughs> Still does, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, so these two, uh, before them, the N8, N95, obviously, because, you know, it changed the game in so many different ways, like five megapixel camera, uh, a bigger screen than anything we had seen. And I think I bought a used one in Lebanon and I used it the last year of my uh, university, you know, degree. But I used it a lot when, this is the one I used when I was doing my hospital rounds. You know, where I would take a photo of uh, uh, of the reports and the case studies and I would do all my research and have the medical stuff installed. This is the one that I used. So the N95 plus, I mean, I'm pretty sure every single Nokia fan you ask will tell you N95 because it was the N95. Like that that cannot not exist on the top five list in the Nokia world. Um, and the last one, even though personally it didn't have such an impact on me, I think it had such an impact on the entire, uh, like the entire uh, technology and mobile world, it's the 808 PureView. I think it was the first one with a 41 megapixel camera, right? Right, and the uh, sample 808? The 808? Yeah, yeah. Pixel binning or oversampling or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, the, the 41 megapixel pixel camera thingy. Like that, that blew everything we had already known so far about mobile photography out of the water. And I think it was Damien Denning? Dining? Damien Denning, um, yep, yep. Who, yeah, he was always behind uh, all the photography chops of that phone. And, you know, that told us that mobile photography can be taken to such a higher level. And we had to wait in the Android and iPhone world for at least five years, six years even, to get anywhere near that. 
And I don't know if like, yeah, we're, we, we've surpassed that and pixels, even with 12 megapixel, uh, cameras right now can take really incredibly good photos. And they have so much AI happening in the background. Like it, things are much further now down the road, but the 808 back then, it was something else. It was something completely else. I couldn't use it because it was the Symbian touch, a 60 touch thing, but, um, the camera out of the world. <laughs> So these are the five, uh, 3250 Express Music, N95, E71, N82, and the 808 Pure View. It's a pretty decent top five, Adrian. It is, it is. She's real off some uh, pretty good <laughs> classics there. So, um, yeah, awesome list there. Right I would now. go as far to say bangers. Bangers, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and uh, where are, where are we on the leaderboard, Adrian? Hmm, leaderboard. I Let think me I talked. See. No, we love this. This is fantastic, Rita. It's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, she's close. She's within. <laughs> she's within plus minus five minutes. <laughs> wow, okay, this is but- pretty cool. Let's drag it out. <laughs> Let's drag it out. Give, <laughs> give us a story or an anecdote. I have one last thing to show you because I was listening to Do- to Darla's uh, uh, podcast, to Darla's episode, and she talked about the Nokia MP3 player. I have something that's better. Yes. <laughs> it's really? Nokia oh, here we go. Another exclusive. It's a Nokia slipper, slipper. like a, as in shoe. <laughs> As in, as in, as in the, as shoe. in the shoes. Yes, the sh- the shoes, but the, you know the 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 rubber shoes that you use usually when you're cleaning the house and there's lots of water and you know, I don't know. <laughs> this was a funny thing I remembered because uh, I was uh, at my aunt's. And, you know, I was obsessed with Nokia back at the time. I had so many different phones. I was trying things, you know, that kind of thing. And then, like, you know, I'm looking at my aunt's uh, slippers. I'm like, Nokia. Then I look, I look away and I'm like, wait, why did I see Nokia on my aunt's <laughs> On my aunt's slippers. Am I that obsessed? Like, am I seeing that logo everywhere I look? <laughs> <laughs> and I tried, I tried to find the photo because I tweeted it. I remembered that I tweeted it, and I found the photo for you, so I can send you the link, and you can put it in the episode uh, notes. Because yeah, I'm I'm sending you the link. It's it's huge. It's <clears throat> and then you know when I tweeted that, uh, lots of. Uh, people replied that yeah, Nokia in the early I don't know when. Uh, in their early days, they didn't start as a communication company. They started as a rubber company or something like that. I'm not really sure. I have to brush up on my knowledge of the company. But they didn't start as a communications company or as a network company. They started in something else. And I don't know if this is a relic from those days. I don't know if this is a Chinese-made thing where someone in China decided that Nokia is a brand and I'm going to put it on a slipper. I have no idea, but it's a slipper with the Nokia logo on it. So... <laughs> Wasn't made by HMD. They put their name on everything. But I think so. Uh... <laughs> no, that, 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 that was back in. I think. Uh, wait, I don't know when that when I sent that tweet, but that was around the two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. So HMD didn't exist HMD. back then. But yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's pretty good. Plus, I mean, it looks like was amazing too. You will see the photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this photo. <laughs> Adrian, you have it in your inbox on Twitter. <laughs> okay, I'll check. You can see the goods. See it in the goods. <laughs> Let's have a look at it. Come on, share it, mate. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 yeah, it looks so old school. Hang on, I'm sending it to you, Justin. Messenger. Hang on. All right. Should be coming through right now. <laughs> All right. Let's have a look. Just have a look, mate. Look. Oh, that is uh, style personified. <laughs> that is sensational. <laughs> What's with the lines? I have no the idea. Boost. Yeah. The whole thing. I have no idea. I love the floor, though. The floor looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, Rita. Love it. You have to share Can it we... in the episode uh, notes because, we I mean, will. people need to see this. <laughs> well, how about usually we put people's uh, faces on there. How about with, with your episode, Rita, we just put the Nokia shoes. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. What <laughs> <laughs> do it, Adrian? Do it. You I got will. permission, mate. Episode art. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Adrian has one more question for you, I think. Yep. Where, go ahead. Oh, where to find? Uh, where can the listeners find you on your socials? Yes, that's it. Uh, so basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm at. Uh, Hurryrt, which is K H O U R Y R T, on Twitter, on Instagram. Well, I don't use Facebook, so please don't talk to me there. <laughs> but yeah, and um, currently I'm writing on Android Police. That might change soon. It might be oh. exclusive. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're so... going The Verge. <laughs> uh, <Hello>. No. <laughs> no. I'm not going to announce it right away. So, uh, but yeah, uh, looking forward to a new challenge and like well, good. new things to try and that kind of stuff. Well, good for yep. you. Thank you. Well, Rita, you seriously, you have been amazing. I love your laugh as well. You've got such an infectious uh, <laughs> laugh. Love that. Thank you. And uh, look, thanks again for coming on. Uh, where are we now, Adrian? Are we, have we hit number one? Yeah, we've hit number one. <laughs> Yes! The Nokia Slipper wins. Would you like to come back on in in a future episode at all, Dala? Um, Dala. Gee, I'll just call you Dala. Rita? Because we were just talking about it before. Edit that that one out. I don't don't mind. I don't mind coming in. Uh, Yeah, fantastic. Hit me up. Tell me me when and I'll make it work. (laughs) You've been a great sport. You've been a great sport, Rita. Thank you. And we've both thoroughly enjoyed today's episode. And we uh, have. I enjoyed, you know, delving back into memories and yeah, trying to, you know, living living back these days because they're amazing. So thanks a lot to 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 you and thanks for everything you're doing with this podcast because you know it's helping us, you know, find a little bit of joy back. And remember all these good times, remember these stories, try to discover a few things that we weren't aware of <laughs> and all of that. Well, 
Thank you. That's, that's been high, good. That's and, and, and it is high praise, Adrian. Yes, that's it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's what you're trying um, to say, I think. Yes, yes, I was. Yeah, and then, yep. Have you got any exclusive, Adrian? Uh, exclusive what? To share <laughs> with our listeners. Oh, you mean about the this episode being uh, yes break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is the end of uh, season one. Woo. So you know, read it when you watch TV shows and they they end off with a big massive finale, and uh, well, we've done that with you. <laughs> Thank you. We've ended on yeah, a cliffhanger, reader, reader in the slipper. <laughs> Tune in next season to see what happens with the slipper. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, now everyone else you invite will have to find something that's branded with Nokia, and that's even weirder than a slipper. That's a great idea. I, I've, said, I've set the bar really high, I think. <laughs> I think you have. No, that's a, that's a really good idea. I'll uh, put, write that idea down, Adrian. We'll do that. We will. I, I, I think um, Carol Chen, after our episode with her a few weeks ago, she posted something about uh, Nokia toilet paper or something she like did, that. She did, yeah. She had a couple of rolls there. She put a photo of it. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the slipper's still pretty cool because the that's toilet paper is disposable. <laughs> the, the slipper still stays with you. Yeah, exactly. That's all. I, I can't, I'm going to look out for one of those. <laughs> and, well, thanks for giving up your time on a Saturday morning to, to, over there in France to uh, Rita. Really appreciate you coming on. Do thank you. Thanks yeah. again, Rita. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, and we all look right. forward Have to having you back evening. on. We will. Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right, right. and that's going to be a wrap for this week and this season of the Nokia Chronicles. Thanks again to Rita for coming on this week and my co-host Justin. And um, don't worry, we've got some exciting guests coming next season and a few exciting things that we can't share yet, but uh, we'll let you know as uh, as soon as that uh, comes on, comes back on. Isn't that right, Justin? That's right. And look, I just want to thank again. I can't thank enough. But thanks again, Rita. Uh, look, you have made Adrian and I and our and our night for coming on, and uh, it has been a special episode. It has. It has indeed. Yep. And uh, f- thanks again uh, to all our guests this season. Um, yes. Shout out to all of them. Uh, and uh, too many names to list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, great times, great memories, and uh, great people. You know, most mm-hmm. of all. Fantastic people. Each and every one of our guests have been fantastic people. So um, legends in their own right and truly humble and um, personable and relatable. So that's, yes. uh, you know, the best part of this. Uh, we, we're connecting with people and, um, yeah, couldn't have said it any better. Well said, mate. Thanks, mate. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's going to that's gonna do it. So, um, yeah, until, um, until next time to the listeners, um, we've been the Nokia Chronicles with Justin and Adrian and have a fantastic week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.